0: Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. At Keystone, we believe exceptional organizations don't just happen. They are built by focused leaders that recognize their authentic leadership superpowers. Join us for a serious dose of inspiration. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the Superpower Success Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Tates, and I say this a lot, but I you have to understand today, you're going to love our conversation um, because we're not talking about a serious topic. We're talking about important topics, but I've brought a friend and fellow badass female entrepreneur onto the podcast today, Sarah Line. Sarah is the CEO of Boardroom Breakouts, and she'll tell you more about what they do, but she's just like a, a choreographer of fun and engagement and how to get you thinking differently. And so I know that's how the podcast is going to be here today. And I did start with a swear word because I do need to let you know that there will be a likely chance that Sarah and or I will swear at some point throughout this. When her and I get together, we have a tough time. And given that you're just listening to the two of us catch up, um, it might happen. So Sarah, (laughs) thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Jamie. I
1: am so excited for this conversation today.
0: So just a little bit of background. Sarah has taken our team on a retreat. Um, I'm actually facilitating, we can talk about that later, a retreat that she's putting on, um, a women's leadership retreat in June of this year. But I want her to really start with her story because it's fascinating and it's not, it's atypical. I mean, we all have beautiful stories, right? But yours is just really fascinating and inspiring to me. So I would love for you to start there, Sarah, and share with everybody kind of how you've gotten to this point in your success.
1: I appreciate the words fascinating and inspiring. Sometimes it's like crazy and what the hell is she doing? But it's it's all just part of this beautiful journey that I think we get to go on. And um, my journey really started as a young child. I was very intense. I'm sure that totally surprises you. I just always wanted to change the world on a large scale. I started with uh, mission trips, actually, as a very young child, and I remember going to this, what I thought was going to be a village. I was about seven years old and I was in Mexico. And as we pulled up to this village, I was so confused. I remember just my little tiny brain um, stepping out of the bus and there was just dust everywhere. And as it settled, I noticed that there were cardboard boxes and I was like, why are we here? And then I saw people start to emerge from those boxes. And I just realized that this was where they lived. And in that moment, I just something inside me just clicked. And I was like, I want to change this. So I actually grew up just thinking I really wanted to uh, be a missionary, which changed into more humanitarian, as I saw, just the lack of Practical things. And so I removed religion from it and started really focusing on supporting more of the holistic health in places that just didn't have as much opportunity as we did. International has always been my passion. And, um, guiding others on those is how I started leading group trips. I actually was working in employee benefits at the time. I had been living in Thailand for a year um, as a single mom with my my three and my five-year-old, which um, it was one of those things where I just, you know, I felt like I was supposed to do it. And so I have a very simple uh, method by which I live my life. It's it just the path should always be clear. And when the path is, you know, when I know what it is, the answer is always yes, no matter how crazy, it's, it's all part of that journey. And so I very much lean into that and trust that guidance of the universe, God, whatever you consider that to be. That's what I do. So, as I had returned from this year of just working with uh, girls that had been trafficked for sex, and I worked on their job rehabilitation and integration into society, that was my role I was, while I was there. It was a, a one year role. And I returned, I just wanted to continue to support these organizations. And I would just go, okay, what do you need to get to the next level? I don't want to come in with my ideas. What do you need to be successful long-term? Because I wanted to have long-term impact through these short-term trips. So I started just People around me would be like, hey, can I come with you? And it would be like, yeah. And it was people with all different backgrounds, super diverse, like people that should not have been friends in real life. Like when you talk about politics and religion, they're having all the conversations and actually learning from each other. And it was so beautiful. And it kind of blew my mind where I was like, this isn't, this doesn't happen. What is so special about this? And then as I continued to lead these, I just saw people having a lot of transformative moments of finding alignment, clarity, perspective, and making decisions towards their their greater happiness. And so I just went, wow, this is like something that I'm just very passionate about workplace culture, which is why you and I connect so well. Mm -hmm. And as I was doing employee benefits, I was hearing the same thing from employers, like we want, you know, retention, engagement, skill development. And there's just such a disconnect between personal and business. And it's such a disservice uh, to everyone involved. And so I started really organizing trips using science and fun to bring that bridge, I think, where it's like that you need fun. It's like a little bit of sugar to make the medicine go down because otherwise people resist change and the hard things. So as you know, my intense mission-focused self tried to bring people on the journey, I realized I just, I needed to incorporate this. So now everything is based on science, how we're wired, but then fun. And these experiences that you are actually doing instead of just leaving that knowledge in your head. So that's, you know, that's
0: kind of the journey that it's been. It's so fun to just watch you on this journey too. And to see, I mean, if, if you, you need to follow Sarah on everything social (laughs) because she posts about all the trips and just the adventures she's going on. And you know, this idea of fun is I was, I'm on a board for a nonprofit called Playworks Minnesota, which is really about bringing play back Mm -hmm. to giving kids in school, because we've lost a lot of that, right? When kids have to sit, but even more for adults. So, so this organization comes in and does workshops on play for entire police departments, right? Or, and, and it's that idea of like, we've lost so much of that as adults and stress has taken over everything. And what you incorporate in is the learning can still happen. Like we're going to go to Italy on our retreat and climb mountains and do hard things and have leadership development at the same time, because your brain is actually open to it, right? When you're doing things that challenge yourself, like, is that kind of the science that you see that not sitting at a desk or in a hotel conference room is not really where the growth comes from for people.
1: Right. Yeah. I call, I think in, in the corporate setting specifically, but just in life we create these cages of comfort, right? Like we stop taking risks because we are taught to measure and reduce risk and perfect it. But while that might be a great business model in some ways, it really stops people from being creative and thinking outside of the box. It really limits people in um, being comfortable. We, we like being comfortable. And as we become more successful, we just kind of surround ourselves with these things. And we start living just a very uh, small fraction of who we are. And so the reason that I really love these trips is it gets you out of that that rut or that cage where so many times we just have blinders onto things that make us uncomfortable even like have you ever had this like' you're like, oh, I'm not a picky eater and then someone serves you something and you're like, oh, this is like gross. I actually don't like mushrooms. I don't like onions I don't and you just like I am like, kind of picky right as the words are coming out, you're like crap like I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And it's just because our lived experiences just become more narrow and our brain just forgets, right? So to bring people through these experiences really helps trigger different emotions. And it gives them the opportunity in a safe environment to really understand what their responses are to adversity, which helps them like think about things like resilience, creative problem solving, taking risks, and how you can do that in a way that is actually very beneficial to you and to your business, to your role, and develop a lot of other skills. So uh, it's just this great opportunity that we help create create this environment that's designed to actually trigger some of these things so that you can discuss it, talk about it. And that's the uncomfortable part, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're talking about, it challenges you so many times. It's like, I don't want to be challenged. I just really like where I'm at. But what if you can do it in the Dolomites, Italy with great food, some wine, and some just badass women that are going through the same things that you do. It's like a workout at the gym. Your muscles get stronger when you push against resistance, right? That's the only way that our muscles get stronger. They have to break down in order to get built up. So by doing, like avoiding these hard things, these uncomfortable conversations, we actually get weaker and weaker in our mental health, in our ability to navigate unknown situations. So it's really just this great opportunity to work out really our, our mental brain.
0: And you're right. We say we don't want it but it's the only way we become a better version of ourselves. If we're comfortable, we are just, we're stuck. We're in doing the same things on autopilot every day. And to be honest with you, Sarah, right now, there is this like whole restlessness that like I'm feeling in everyone I talk to where they know they need to do something different and they don't know how to do it. And that's where I just thank you and your team in small bites right or a full week if you yeah. want to go right you've got kind of that approach that can help them and just such a beautiful perspective on the world um i want to talk just for a minute about your leadership journey because you know leaving a nice you know paying job and becoming an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart as we both know but you also throw yourself into being a leader so you really have a unique perspective on being a leader of a company but also seeing leaders in the wild right and how they react but i want you to reflect back for me on is there a leadership moment or just a life moment that shaped or formed the leader that you are today like is there some time when you're like that is the moment i think of you learned something from someone or you had an experience
1: you know that is such a a challenging question for me because I do think there's just so many pieces that you get along the way. It's like going into a field of berries. It's like you're just picking all the different fruit from everyone around you. I I truly believe that every person that you encounter, you can learn something from, whether it's a perceived negative experience, you can grow from it. You can learn from it. You can ask for more information. I think with my journey with, with leaders that has probably impacted me the most in my own personal life in my business and my leadership style is realizing that no matter who the leader is, no matter what your background or what personality you display, we are all hardwired the exact same way, we all share the five same core fears as humans, and so I think that there's a lot of um, leadership theories, information out there, and it gets overwhelming. And what I've seen time and time again is, you know, these five fears. Mm -hmm. is what you can use to actually understand how to build trust on a very, very deep level. It's science. It's how we're wired. And so when we look at all of these different people, we can learn so much from them. But what I've learned more than anything is very, very simple. It's that we overcomplicate everything, right? right? And just being able to connect with someone on a very deep level, there is something that triggers in your brain, One of our our deepest fears is that we're separated. And it's not just this idea of being alone. It's like not being seen, not being appreciated or valued for who we truly are, not who the world sees. Like, oh, if they knew this, Would they really accept me or love me? And when you have that moment, so say you're on a trip, you are usually very confident. You're usually the one helping other people out. Suddenly, you're vulnerable. Suddenly, you are a hot mess and you're at your worst and you've got a team of people that's rallying around you. There is something inside of you that just lights up going, what like they love me. And I know love isn't a term that's typically used in business, but at our core, we all need that. Whether it's just that, that moment where you're just deeply connected with someone. And it's just so refreshing to me that no matter who people are, how they're talking, you can still connect to them at a very deep level and understand them at a very deep level because of, of these five fears.
0: Oh my gosh, you're you're just flashing me back to a story I've actually never told. I think I've only ever told my husband this story on Kilimanjaro and it was on summit night and I went there by myself, right? So there was 11 other people climbing with me that were sometimes, some of them were paired. They had somebody with them. There was two guys that didn't and I didn't have anybody kind of when you're having those tough moments, right? Seven days on a mountain, like you're, you're feeling lonely, you're feeling disconnected. And on the summit night, I didn't know if I could make it to the top. I really, I was so ill and I didn't think I could do it. And there was a moment where we stopped um, and this um, man, Simon, that had been on the group and given, I'd only known these people for five days, right? So this is the speed of trust that you're talking about. I'd only known him for five days and we stopped and he turned and looked at me. And I mean, we're all bundled up and he just said, how are you doing? And I said, I don't think I can do it. And I just looked him in the eye and we're all bundled up. I mean, we're, and he just took my head and put it on his shoulder, like almost like just rest for a second. Like I literally just fell forward onto his shoulder and just sat there. And in that moment, I was like, he believes I can do this. I can do this. And it was the most trusting moment that was just, I'll never forget, right? He probably has no idea what he did, but in that moment, I needed to be weak And he needed to be strong for me. And I think exactly what you're doing with these teams is creating that moment where the leader maybe doesn't need to be the strongest one at that point. That's
1: exactly it. Where, how can we just be human for each other so that we can have space to navigate? Humanity is very hard and we are inevitably going to get things wrong or miscommunicate or, or something like if you're not, failing you're not trying i actually think failure is the lowest form of existence that anyone can live in or i'm sorry perfection is the yeah. lowest form of existence right. that anyone can live in because anything beyond that that box of perfection of other people's ideas of doing always like the the check the boxes you just limit this incredible incredible opportunity I think the best visual I can give to that is I was just in uh, Montana and we were snowmobiling in West Yellowstone and there's trail riding, right? Where the trails are packed down, they groom them and it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful ride. However, when I went out there, I, I had all these CEOs that was like, all right, you guys, you can drive anywhere you want, you know, uh, off this, tr- this main trail and go explore. And they were like, what? Like, really? I was like, yes. So they went and did it. And guess what? The snow is so deep and so crazy. Some of their snowmobiles got stuck and they hadn't driven before. And at first it's like, oh my gosh, someone has to come help me. This is hard work. You're digging yourself out. But what ended up happening through this process is the connection that was happening. Forced Like vulnerability where it just gets you into the zone of that uncomfortableness of like, I'm not used to getting stuck because maybe we're not used to going off the trail, but there's so much beauty beyond this trail that you can't see otherwise. There's so many moments that you can connect with others much deeper than beyond this trail ride and the stories, the laughter, like the learning, the lessons that came out of these mm-hmm. moments of being stuck is, I, I just think it's so valuable that you can have this, this mental picture, right? Of yes, you can stay on the path that is perfectly groomed and perfectly safe, but that's not where the best moments of life are lived. Like it's good, but when you're talking with those leaders that you talk to that are restless, that want more, it's like, you almost need permission to go off the trail, right? Because it's like, who goes off the trail? I haven't done this before. What if I get stuck? What if I fail? And I am just sitting there like clapping, like, good for you for trying. Good for you for exploring. Like, we didn't have explorers. We wouldn't have discovered so many things in life. And so we as humans need to continuously explore. We need permission to go off of that perfect trail that we think is like everyone's expectations and just get in there and find the people that'll do it with us, right? That are willing to like, yeah, it's going to get messy. It might get uncomfortable, but I'm going to hold space for you. I'm going to put your head on my shoulder when you're crying. I'm going to your snowmobile out and maybe you'll come dig mine out, you know, but at the end of the day, this is the best life you can live with the highs, with the lows, with all of those emotions in between and to be
0: connected to people. It's just, it's so beautiful. Oh my gosh. Permission to go off the trail. That's like, everybody needs to, you. Where are you going to go off the trail? Like you, we were such rule followers and we do what everyone says you know, we think we're supposed to do. And we stay in that. I, I want you to talk about, because you do, like you just said, CEOs and, and businesses and you work with them. What, what do you think in your opinion from your perspective is the biggest business challenge right now that these businesses are facing? Well,
1: I, I think that skill development is always a a top one, which is why I I really love what we do because we have so much head information and we're giving these like curriculums and online systems and and different ways to help develop these skills. But if you look at our, um, like if you walk for a moment with me down history, Mm -hmm. when you start looking at like the 70s, In the 80s in United States, where we start to really get like common like TVs in more homes broadcasting of kidnappings, parents actually stopped allowing their kids to go out and free range play as much, and it slowly became more like um, inside the parent became more of that playmate or that entertainer because we had so much fear of kidnappings, which is again, Mm -hmm. fear isn't like a a good thing or a bad thing. It is truly like, it's an indicator. And sometimes trails are great. Right. And sometimes there's places that you can go off. So it's like, there's always like that, that counterbalance, but really having the wisdom to know when to do what, right. But Mm -hmm. this became such a powerful reaction because our instinct is to like really keep our kids safe,
0: but what that go into our cage. Where yes. it's safe and controlled. It's
1: safe. it's safe, right. And that was seen as like a, what you do as a parent. But what that stopped was kids actually exploring and discovering their own ability their own personalities, their own um, ways to navigate situations like with other kids that were tricky or you know they had to like talk something out or argue something out or sometimes even fight it. And what that does though, when you explore those things is you're wiring your brain with, with confidence and with um, really understanding who you are, how you respond to situations. And so we just came to this model where we have so much head information but very little practical application. What does this actually look like? It's like, I know I'm supposed to do it. It sounds great, but I don't know what that looks like for me. I don't know how to actually do that in my life. What if it makes people upset? What if I fail? What if this looks bad? And all of those fears really stop us from implementing so much of what we know in our head. And those are the skills that really contribute to like uh, creative problem-solving, effective communication you know um all resilience and uh, so many other skills that are needed in the workplace to really like show up and to embrace the unknowns With confidence, because we just had so many knowns growing up that we don't know how to react in the unknown. And so uh, I would say across the board, that is always the biggest thing, even with executive leadership teams. Sometimes we don't want to be the one to say something. Then everyone else looks at us like, wait, we all agreed. And now you're saying this, you're the negative person. You could be perceived as a problem maker. But what happens is groupthink, right? Even these incredibly smart leaders with amazing ideas stop bringing forward these answers because of the environments that are set. And so really creating like that space for people to bring ideas, bad ideas, actually terrible ideas, but also brilliant ideas and funny ideas. And how can you like really create that space uh, for everyone to understand that this is a process. But to get to a great result, you sometimes have to have a messy and imperfect process. So I always tell people to reward the process don't reward the outcome, right? Because if you're looking for a specific outcome, people are like, well, how do I get there? How do you want me to get there? And then we start getting bottlenecked and the the managers start having to micromanage, right? Because there's just not a framework. So if you can create a framework that rewards the process, you reward people for taking those risks, bringing up these conversations, trying new things for failing, because if their goal is to perfect like that that outcome and, and to get that to be really good, you got to give them space to get a little bit messy in between.
0: Oh, I love the messy middle. Um, so you're a growth junkie, right? And you lead other people on this. What do you do to make sure you're always growing as a leader? Actually, my trips are
1: my favorite, my favorite way to grow. I, I truly believe in them at at the, the core of who I am. I learned so much about myself. Mm-hmm. I, there's so many moments even where, I'll go, Sarah, like, what are you doing? You have terrible knees. You have asthma. Why are you leading 12 people Mm -hmm. up a mountain to camp overnight? And it's these these voices in our head, right? How many times do voices tell you, who do you think you are to do this? Mm -hmm. Why are you doing this? You could just be living a good life somewhere, playing it safe. And it's like these moments where you just understand, like you just get the truest reflection of yourself. So even as a leader, Like it is the greatest gift in my life is to go on these types of trips because it always challenges me. I always have takeaways. I learn from amazing, brilliant leaders around me, Mm -hmm. even my own, my own guides. I constantly am learning from them. They're constantly bringing up ideas to make things better, more fun, more engaging. And I learn from them so much too. And so like my trips are, are my favorite
0: way to learn. Yeah. I love that. It reminds me of, um, the guide, Victor, that took us up Kilimanjaro and he said this entire seven days is, is going to be constantly trading short-term pain for long-term pride, yeah. right? Because it's going to hurt. It's going, you're going to wonder why I'm doing this and why me, like, why did I make this decision? But after the fact, you're like, so glad you did it, right? That's exactly what your retreats are teaching people.
1: But it's just like the gym. So if you can like really reframe any adversity in your life or any challenge or any moments of of like." why me? Why is this hard? Why am I frustrated? It's like, you're pushing against resistance of some kind. So to like, listen to that indicator and go, yeah. how can I grow from this situation? It is my goal to like, never walk away from a situation until I it's like that. Maybe I'm not that competitive, but I am in this way. I'm like, I am not going to leave. I'm so stubborn. I'm not going to leave the situation without learning something from it. Like, I'm not going to let this pain be right like for nothing. Right. And so like, how can I take that and grow from it?
0: I love that. So we've talked about a lot before we get to kind of, we wrap it up and get to the bonus round of questions. Um, I, what's one thing. So the leaders that are listening that are like, okay, this is hitting home. I'm restless. Like what's one simple thing that you, that they should do besides follow you on social media and besides go on one of your trips,
1: (laughs) I would say redefine what perfection looks like for yourself Mm -hmm. and, and, Mm -hmm. Examine the ways that it's actually holding you back. When you feel fear, like evaluate where that fear is coming from. When you use courage to overcome fear psychologically, it is a higher power emotion. So it shifts you from the lower emotions of Mm -hmm. apathy, guilt, shame, fear, all these like emotions that are very, very low. Like if you've ever been around like a chihuahua, and you walk in a room and it's, it's like upset the hair on its back goes up, but you can feel the tension in the air. Emotions have energy, like scientifically they're measured. And so these very low energies can just keep us feeling very frustrated and depressed and angry and and scared. Mm -hmm. So courage is a gateway emotion and it can only happen when it's coming against fear. So that's that exercise, right? Mm -hmm. So when you use courage to really make that decision, like, even though I'm scared, even though I've never done this before, even though I might fail, I'm going to do this because I feel like it's worth it because I want to grow to say yes to courage. Always say yes to courage when you're when you're looking at that and evaluating that. And it starts so small. You know, you don't just wake up one day and make all of these decisions that you can just rule your own life and live every day perfectly happy. I had to go through years of understanding who I was and unlearning what people had told me I should be right to find like alignment within myself. It was, it was probably like a three to four year process of, of some pretty hard uh, moments before I finally started to feel like I was in this groove. And that's different for everyone, right? I maybe started further back than other people, but when you start somewhere, it's like, sometimes it can be overwhelming and be like, oh, I could never do that. I have people say that to me all the time. I could never do that. It's like, well, if you walk into a gym for the first time, you're not going to look at someone benching 500 pounds and be like, yeah. I could not do that right now. But as you grow, as you change in your body, you start realizing maybe I am capable. I mean, I don't know if I'm ever capable of living, lifting 500 pounds. <laughs> I don't know. Let's just be very clear about that. But in, in that way, I think sometimes we just, we, we count ourselves out without really understanding what we're capable of. So have the courage to really start to figure out what you're capable of because you feel these frustrations or these moments of like wanting something more because you were made for more. You were, and you are capable. It's just building your muscles to the point where you can really execute that and take it from like your head and like that internal desire and put it into action. So it's a a slow commitment to growth, but it is worth every
0: every moment. Well, and it's just, I mean, to really simplify it down, right. Courage for everybody listening doesn't mean you have to go climb a mountain or right. Go do something big. I think we see them as these huge things. Courage could be saying, I feel like my marriage isn't as strong as it could be. And I want us to get help. It could Mm -hmm. be personally, I need to find right. I mean, so courage can be things like I'm going to show up at the gym once, right? I'm fearful of doing it. It doesn't have to be these huge, massive things. You start small with what you can do today. Right. And I
1: think courage too. It's like, we think we have to start with it. And I think sometimes we just start with movement, uh, to jump off of a cliff. I can never just stand there and jump from a standstill. I actually have to trick my brain into running first because then the momentum doesn't like allow me Absolutely. to stop, and then I like I'm, I'm over the edge. <laughs> like I learned about myself. Like I have to have momentum and movement before like that. So maybe it's not even considered courage, but it's like I made the decision to do it and I commit to it. That's the courage moment. But then after you, you know, you do it's like wow, I can do this. Maybe a little different next time. Better and you, you learn from it. But courage can look like expressing a need. Yes, sometimes we want to please people so much that we we put aside like maybe our own emotions or we think uh, they know better than I do. So maybe it's actually like speaking up and giving some insight. Maybe it's having a a hard conversation with someone that you feel like continuously steps on, you know, crosses your boundaries and it hurts you. And you're like, well, I know that they have good intentions, they don't mean to do it, but we just, we kind of hold ourselves back because if we actually say something and they react poorly, right, that's fear that keeps us from really being able to be ourselves around that person. So sometimes we think of fear as like, yes, at the top of a mountain, that is like a, a very extreme version. And I like those extreme versions for certain things. But in our everyday life, those moments that you start to like shut yourself down or play small, or maybe I'm too much, or maybe I'm not enough, or maybe they wouldn't want to listen to what I have to say. That's all your brain just going, nope, stay on the trail, just stay on this trail where it's safe. And so courage could really look like going, why do I play small? Why am I afraid of what this person thinks? Like, what would, you know, happen if I actually made this choice, you know, and and start evaluating it from there. You're
0: getting beyond the feeling because the feeling is the first reaction. And then it's, why am I feeling this way? Yes,
1: absolutely. Like, again, they're indicators. Emotions, I think even the uncomfortable ones, we tend to push them away. Don't feel it because we were taught, don't cry, right? Don't make noise. Like you're supposed to just fall in line. And so it's very counterintuitive for us to like go, oh, maybe this emotion is actually an indicator for me. And it doesn't mean that you have to act on it right away. It doesn't mean that you have to make any decisions, but just to stay, go, what am I gonna discover about this feeling that's popping up? Right. And really look at it, hold it, get uncomfortable, get weird with yourself. Like it doesn't have to even be external, just go, why is this triggering me this way? and to really like start to play it backwards and go, how am I gonna react to this? Am I going to react to this? And and just to start ask those questions to yourself.
0: I, I love this. It just, and it's so exactly how Sarah and her team lead retreats, just so you know. I mean, it's it's every moment is an opportunity to say, how do we all feel about this, right? Or how did I, how did this go or what? And it's that reflection is where the growth is. So thank you, I love all of this. So I wanna get into the bonus round of questions. So these okay. are just kind of fun questions um that you didn't kind of know ahead of time what makes you belly laugh like laugh till your abs hurt um this is incredibly
1: stupid but like i love animal videos like i am such an animal lover and there's so many funny things that animals do sometimes (laughs) like at night i'm just like oh i just need to like de-stress a little bit or just shut my brain off I will laugh so hard. I'm crying. And so like all my kids get like these memes and videos. My husband gets like a thousand dog video. Like it is out of control. Uh, truly it's, but it's, it's me. I
0: love <laughs> that. My kids send those to me and I'll end up in a meeting and I'm like, I can't watch this right now because I know I'm going to laugh out loud, but that that's awesome. Um, if you, I mean, I, I want to know the answer to this. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would you put on your billboard? I think it would be choose courage. I I think it would be. I think it is so important. Perfect. And the last one is what does being ridiculously human mean to you? When I say those words.
1: Ridiculously human to me is it just think I think all of it, right? We tend to think or and put boxes here, this or that. I think ridiculously human is all of the all of it. It's and I am brilliant and I'm a hot mess I am hilarious and I am deeply serious about things that I am ridiculously capable in some areas and then it's like how do I schedule this appointment because I can't figure out this system how did I get
0: to this point in my life not knowing how to do this
1: Yes. Yeah. It's like, it
0: is just like so
1: incredible that we have such drastic opposites and we tend to identify with one or the other. And it's, no, I think to be ridiculously human is to be all of it and to really embrace it and to laugh and to learn about all of it. Like we can just, sometimes we think we're stupid if we don't know something. And I think you can actually go, how ridiculous is it? Right. that I got to this point in life without knowing this and laugh about it because now, now, you know, now you learned. So yeah. I think that it's, it, and
0: that's perfect. Well, thank you for, I mean, you literally been gone for like two weeks straight and she's like cramming this podcast in between other oh. trips. Like, Thank you for coming and sharing just so vulnerably. And and, and one thing I'm thinking as you're talking was an experience. Again, I don't mean to keep going. I don't actually talk about Kilimanjaro that much on this podcast, but my experience climbing that mountain with 11 people, what I learned was I thought I was somebody who really pushed boundaries, right? And I think in my little Midwest town here, right? I probably am to some people, but I got on that mountain with 10 other people. That like travel the world and do things that you've done throughout your entire life. And I, what I came back and realized was I need to be around people like you, right? People that have had this bigger experience to make me better and not just be, and I love all the people. Don't anybody get mad at me. The people I'm around on a day-to-day basis, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you got to challenge yourself and put yourselves in different rooms and different experiences with people from that have had this world experience, because I think it's, what's going to help all of us be better global citizens by going through that. And I just want to appreciate you for what your life has, you know, your journey, but you've, you've put it into something that can serve all of us. So I appreciate that so much.
1: Thank you. And to circle back, just one, one final comment on this trip. It's, very normal for like these experiences to be very monumental. Like you came away with several, oh, several
0: different in- processing.
1: Yeah. So, when you actually are moving and doing your brain connects synapses at a faster rate than any other time. Right. So, while you're actually doing these things and re- recreating your lived experiences of maybe perceived standards or norms, you're actually rewiring your brain in a completely different way, in a faster way. So, for you to have all of these, like, mm-hmm. don't You know, that is something that is great. Embrace that and just, I think, take a lot of pride in the way that you showed up for that, like willing to learn and to grow from that, right? Because there were so many opportunities and you did it. So I'm just, I'm really proud of you for making yourself uncomfortable for joining 11 strangers and for saying yes, because that took courage. I'm sure that that wasn't a moment where you had to have a running start to like click that buy button, right? (laughs) You know, You you did it. And that is just absolutely amazing to me. So I think it's a great, great example of leadership. And um, I want to be like you when I grow up. Yeah,
0: well, we can, we can both learn something from each other then, because I want to be, I just want to do what you do when I grow up. Um, <laughs> so thank you for for being a guest on here. We just appreciate the raw authenticity. You know, I think the hopefully the seeds that we planted for people today, um, again, it reminded me, right, that I maybe need to make another courageous decision. It's been a while. And I I feel like maybe that could be part of my restlessness right now. And to the listeners, you know, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for your willingness to shift your perspective, to soften the edges of your judgment and maybe hear something that maybe you don't wanna do, but you know you should do. I think that's really where impact comes from. So um, we'll put a lot of information, boardroom breakouts, spelled B-O-R-E-D, right? Boardroombreakouts.com. All her retreats are on there. We've got our women's leadership retreat. All the details are out there. You can literally find the entire itinerary. Um, You know, make sure and share that. And if there's somebody, you know, that needs to hear this podcast or needs to know what Sarah does, send them the podcast. This is a great thing to say. I listened to this and I think this is exactly what you need. That's the biggest gift you can give either Sarah or I is to share this message with somebody else. So thanks everyone for being part of this community. And thanks Sarah for always being willing to have a conversation. Thank you for having me, Davey. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure and hit that subscribe button. So you get the latest episodes as soon as we release them. And remember to keep maximizing your unique leadership superpowers. It truly is the key to building success both in your career and in life.